0: change. You've heard me talk about change for the past over three years now. And uh, as much as I am a product of the old school, I recognize that we have to do things differently and approach this age differently if we intend to be effective in our outreach for Jesus Christ. Amen. It has to be. You may agree, you may disagree, But if it goes belly up, and I approve it, I take full responsibility. Amen. Shall we stand? I invite your attention this morning. Second Corinthians, I won't be very long. So just stick with me a few moments here, and we will preach a little bit to you. I want to build you up and uh, send you home feeling good about things. Amen. Amen. I appreciate the ministering brethren of this church more than you'll ever know. Second Corinthians chapter one, verses three through five. Paul writes, "Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God." For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds through Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for the marvelous time we have had this past week for your glorious presence and power that has permeated the lives of so many in this sanctuary As we come together this morning once again, we thank you for your presence that we have experienced here in this service, for the excitement and the enthusiasm that we see building and mounting for your glorious kingdom and for your work. Lord, I pray that you'll bless our youth department and the new leadership, and Lord, that you'll help them and give them guidance and direction, and you will help me to offer to them guidance and direction as we move forward in the hope and the desire to reach so many hungry hearts and souls out there with your... Good news in the message that you still save today Lord, I pray that you'll bless and anoint this word today As we bring it forth And we'll give you the praise and the thanks for it It is in the name of Jesus that day we do ask it And everyone said amen Amen, amen. amen. If I might preach just a few moments this morning About turning stumbling blocks into stepping stones Stumbling blocks into stepping stones You may be seated Songwriter Ira F. Stanfill the words to this old favorite says I don't know about tomorrow I just live from day to day I don't borrow from its sunshine for its skies may turn to gray I don't worry or the future for I know what Jesus said and today I'll walk beside him for he knows what is ahead The Course says many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. Amen. As the government of this country and a portion of its society careens toward socialism, and there is an ever-increasing assault on Christianity and its values, it's so important for you and I to embrace the fact God can bring us through situations that we think we won't survive. Or situations that we feel we'll be stuck in forever, God can and will bring us through. Amen. Amen. You see, the truth is, Jesus Christ can make you comfortable in the most uncomfortable places and give you peace in the midst of trauma. Amen. Before your life is over, you'll live, you'll love, and you'll experience loss. It's a fact of life. Losing some things will actually help you to appreciate the things that you still have. Well, it does. You see, it's the taste of failure that makes success so sweet. How many of you in here have ever failed besides me at something? I lost count years ago. We live each day not knowing what tomorrow holds. I don't know what tomorrow holds. I have hopes and expectations, but I don't know what tomorrow actually holds. But the confident. But the confidence that God has, uh, the, the confidence that God has our tomorrows all planned out is where my confidence is at. Amen. Amen. I'm convinced. He has it all planned out. They're not in the hands of your boss. Tomorrow's not in the hands of your banker, nor in the hands of your mate, or nor in the hands of anyone else. Your tomorrow is in the hands of Almighty God. Amen. Amen. Nor are they in your own hands to manipulate and control. Oh, if I could control tomorrow, whoo things, my goodness. Nor are all of your tomorrows are in the hands of a loving God. Aren't you glad for that? All of our tomorrows are in the hands of a loving God. You see, just because we don't recognize the path we're on doesn't mean that Jesus Christ is not leading us. I know human nature tells us we want to see the path ahead. We want to see the little stumbling stones, the the, the stepping stones versus the stumble box. We want to see all the little things in the path. But just because we don't recognize the path we're on doesn't mean that Jesus Christ is not leading us. It's important in these times, for that matter, any time, to keep this promise from God's Word at the forefront of our thoughts, which says this, in Isaiah 42 and 16, I will lead them in paths they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and crook places straight. These things I will do for them and not forsake them. So I would encourage you to get to know God like you've never known Him before. You'll need Him in these uncertain times that we are approaching, that we're living in today. I don't say that pessimistically. I've needed Him all my life. But we're going to continue to need Him and even more. And believe me, my friends, He will be there for you every time. Amen? He'll be there when everybody else and everything else has failed you. He'll be there for you in the dark places. Have you ever experienced any of those dark places where you were there and you just couldn't see your way out? Remember the words of the psalmist which says, His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen? However long the night, morning always comes, and with it comes His joy. Amen? As you look back, you realize that His grace protected you. His grace has provided for you. His grace has secured you. His grace has calmed you. His grace has comforted you and brought you through every time. Amen. Times and seasons change. But our God never does. He's always the God of all comfort. Amen. The Apostle Paul writing to the Roman church, which is applicable for the church today, declared, We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We like that verse, don't we? I like it. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. So with that in mind, how would you describe someone who was an accomplished pianist at the age of 10 a professional organist at the age of 11 had compositions published at 13 and was a member of the royal court musical staff at the age of 14 perhaps you might describe this individual as privileged we would have that a tendency would we not Or perhaps, as they say, born with a silver spoon in his mouth or in their mouth. As history reveals, this is hardly the case. Ludwig van Beethoven was a black-haired, swarthy complexioned pockmarked boy who endured taunts and name-calling in his hometown along the Rhine River. An area of mostly blonde, fair-skinned children. His alcoholic father decided that Ludwig would support him, so he made him a slave to the keyboard. Looking back, Beethoven couldn't recall a single moment of childhood happiness. What a tragedy. His life was comprised of work, tears, beatings, and angry tirades. In his 20s, he encountered another more insidious enemy deafness. It's not good for a musician. When he could no longer play publicly, he put all of his energies into composing. His years of deafness were his most prolific. Although at the time his works weren't well received, he influenced many of the great composers of the future, composers such as Brahms and Wagner and Schubert. Nearing death and recognizing that the world had never fully understood or appreciated him and his ministry, he said with a smile, I shall hear in heaven. Hardly someone we would categorize as successful. You see, when life knocks you down, don't stay down. Bounce back. You'll get knocked down. I promise you as sure as I'm standing before you alive, you'll get knocked down. You see, at one time or another, everybody stumbles or gets knocked off their feet from time to time. The winners are just the ones who keep getting back up. I know the mind, the, the human nature is, I what if I get back up? I'm going to get knocked down again. Every time I get up, some throw it down the road, I'm going to get knocked down. So what? We'll get back up again. Amen? That's what Paul meant when he said, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors. If you pray and look hard enough, you'll find the seed of good in every adversity. Sometimes we have to look back to see that seed of good in our adversity. But when we prayerfully go at it, we can look back and see the seed of good in every adversity. When Joseph's brothers realized the possible impact of their father's death as it related to their relationship with Joseph, they were petrified. They were rascals when it came to their dealings with Joseph. They beat him up. They taunted him. They threw him in a, dug, a, dug a well and threw him in it. Then they sold him to a caravan of merchants. Sent him off to Egypt away from his father, his family, and friends. Them boys were awful to him. Some of them wanted to kill him. One or two of them stood up and said, oh, no, you don't. So now they're down in Egypt. Daddy's passed away. And these brothers are thinking, oh, no. Now that dad's out of the picture, Joseph may just really put the hammer down on us. He's probably sitting at home right now thinking of all of the armory tricks and all of the meanness we pulled on him. He's up there in the king's palace dispersing all the goods from the famine, and he's probably thinking, oh, they're thinking, oh man, we're in trouble. Boys, we're, whoo boy. This man, he's second in command of all of Egypt. And here we are down here in this foreign, barren land, and he is liable to go on the rampage. So what do they do in an effort to try to squelch any of these bad feelings that Joseph might have? They sent a courier to Joseph, a messenger, sent a messenger to him. And they asked the messenger to tell him, I beg you, please forgive the trespass of your brothers and their sin. For they did evil to you. They were fessing up. Whew. Evidently, they must have believed that confession was good for the soul. It was probably they were thinking it was good to keep their head out of the guillotine. Or worse, the lion's den. Now please forgive the trespass of the servants of the God of your father. Notice they had to get, they had to get daddy involved and they had to get the God of their dad involved. In and now hopefully to get some kind of mercy out of Joseph. Not only did they send this messenger by way of courier, they also went to Joseph themselves. You know, they said, you know, this is probably not going to do for us to just send a messenger. Maybe we should just kind of get the committee together and go talk to him. Maybe that'll do more good. So they go to Joseph. They get down and they bow before Joseph and plead for forgiveness. Oh, Joseph, we mistreated you so bad. We're so sorry. We realize now we should have never treated you that way. They begged for forgiveness. I want you to listen carefully to Joseph's response to their concerns. Here's a man that got knocked down more times than I, I don't even want to think about it. And every time, he got back up. He said, uh, gentlemen, don't be afraid. For am I in the place of God? He's telling him it's not for me to determine what kind of judgment or punishment you get for the way you treated me. That's in God's hands. I put that in His hands a long time ago, brother. What you've done to me, it's it's, it's between you and Him, not me. I know I'm adding a lot in there in paraphrasing, but that's what he meant. Am I in the place of God? But he said, but as for you, yeah, you meant evil against me. I I, I understand. I'm, I'm mature enough to know that, you know, you guys are just being rascals. But he said, listen, God meant it for good. Oh, would to God we could learn that lesson. God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. You guys had to do what you've done to get me at the right place at the right time so God could have me at the right place at the right time so that we could save this nation. I know it's human, but you know, it's all right. God meant it the right way. Therefore, don't be afraid. I will prov- now listen to this. I don't know how well they were dealing with the guilt. But obviously they weren't dealing with it either. They were, they were, they were dealing with a, a combination of guilt and fear out of what Joseph might do or whatever he said.
1: Oh, and furthermore,
0: to kinda, kinda complicate matters in their mind, he said, I'll provide for you. Not only for you, but I'll provide for your little ones. And he comforted them. And spoke kindly to them. Not only did you know, and perhaps the only difference between winners and losers is their willingness and ability to turn stumbling blocks into stepping stones. Joseph would use every situation he had to step to the next one. Amen. Stumbling blocks into the stepping stones it's our choice these things can either trip us up or we can use them as stepping stones have you noticed that we don't hear much about Abraham Lincoln's defeats there's been a lot of talk recently among you know different ones trying to associate themselves with Abraham Lincoln and all of his successes and I'm being careful folks I'm being very careful perhaps the reason is because his victories were so notable. However, for much of his life, the odds were against him. History reveals his mother died when he was nine years of age. In 1832, he lost an election to the Illinois State Legislature. And boy, do they ever need to clean that place out and start over. I used to live next door to there, so I can say that. In 1849, he was rejected as commissioner of the general Land office. He lost a Senate race in 1855 and also in 1858. and in between and in between all of that, he failed to win a vice presidential nomination. Track record's not too good yet. However, in the midst of all of that, his most painful losses were the deaths of his four-year-old son and his twelve-year-old son. Born in the backwoods of Kentucky, Lincoln had only a few months of what they called blab school. Now, blab school that you're thinking about is not, not blab school they're talking about. I know we got a lot of folks that can blab, but that's not. But <laughs> oh, help me God. Blab Blab's school was one uh, a school without books where students actually just repeated the words of the teacher. They didn't have textbooks like we understand. That was called Blab School back then, where the teacher and you know, teacher would talk and and they would just repeat or, or you know do what the teacher told talk after the teacher. He taught himself mathematics. Amazing. He read the classics and worked on his writing and speaking skills using the Bible as his only model. Amen. Best tool in the world. His philosophy was, I'll study and prepare, and when the time comes, I'll be ready. the time did come. After being knocked down time and time and time again, he refused to stay down and got back up. In fact, he told a friend, bear in mind, your own resolution to succeed is more important than any other one thing. His Gettysburg Address is one of the most notable speeches in United States history. And during the darkest days of the Civil War, he said, I do the very best, I know how, and I mean to keep on doing it to the end. When Paul was about to make his final journey to Jerusalem, where through the Holy Spirit, he knew prison awaited him. The word was already out that when Paul got to Jerusalem, there were those who were waiting to bind him up and to take him away. Possibly even his life. Now, I want you to notice that in, that in that event, Paul never said none of these things hurt me. He said none of these things move me in Acts 20 and 24. There's a big difference. Paul refused to let life's problems derail him. He was a man on a mission. And nothing was going to deter him from that mission. He understood that what happens in you is more important than what happens to you. Amen? He also understood that when you look to Jesus Christ as your role model, and you draw strength from Him each day, He'll give you all that's needed to overcome in life. Amen. He'll give you all that's needed to overcome. In this time of uncertainty, speculation, and turmoil, don't lose your peace. I have folks come to me not necessarily that are involved in church on a regular basis. Absolutely petrified. In fact, this morning I, I went by and got me a cup of coffee again, and the same gentleman that I talked to a week or two ago and carried on a conversation, he was there, and he recognized me again. and We talked a little more in detail this morning for a few moments, and him and his wife both attend church regularly, and they're faithful. And, he happens to be there because he's employed there now. And he's probably just a little bit older than I am, a uh, very uh, distinguished-looking gentleman, someone you would not expect behind the counter of a McDonald's. And I kind of caught my eye last week, and I thought, that's unusual to find somebody of that age and that caliber behind the. So in our conversation this morning, he happened to let me know in a roundabout way that that wasn't his background, that his wife's a schoolteacher in a local school here telling me about the budget cuts and the things they were going through there. And he said, uh, I'm only here. He said, I'd love to be in church this morning. He said, I'm only here because I, I have to be here to work. He said, I was a corporate manager in a large corporation. He said, I lost my job and I lost my 401k. Thousands of dollars, he said, are gone. And he said, of course, you would know that the same week all that happened, our hot water heater blew up, flooded the utility room, and several things like that happened. But he said, you know what? He said, everything will be all right. Amen. He said, we put it all in the hands of God. Don't lose your peace. Perhaps one of the greatest promises found in the Bible is this. Isaiah 26 and 3 says, You you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So I must ask, who are you trusting to solve the problem today? God or yourself? I think we would all do well to live by this principle. Do your best, then let God do the rest. That's all I know. To do my best and let God do the rest. Too many of us have the idea that it's wrong to enjoy ourselves while we have problems. Now think about that for a moment. If we're having problems, we think we ought to be a wreck. That's kind of, the, kind of the human psyche, you know. Yeah. We often grow up believing that if we can't do anything else, the least we can do is worry, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> At least we can think about what we're going to do tomorrow when things don't happen that we thought were going to happen. We can act stressed. We can, we, we can, uh, we can act, be miserable. I mean, you know, it's our choice. In fact, the Bible addresses this. In Philippians chapter 1, verses 27 through 28, and I I quote this to you, I'll read this to you from the Living Bible, says, but whatever happens to me, this is Paul writing, remember always to live as Christians should, so that whether I ever see you again or not, I will keep on hearing good reports that you are standing side by side with one strong purpose, to tell the good news fearlessly, no matter what your enemies may do. They will see this as a sign of their downfall, but you, for you, it will be a clear sign from God that He is with you and that He has given you eternal life with Him. Amen. This passage teaches us that when adversity comes, and it will come, we must stay in peace. You see, Satan doesn't know what to do with us when we, when He can't get us all riled up. That's His modus operandi. Did get you on pins and needles? Have you a nervous wreck? Have you torn up so discombobulated that you just cannot get focused on anything? Because then he's got your mind. When we maintain our peace, we take a powerful weapon out of his hands. You see, they will see this as a sign of their downfall, but for you, it will be a clear sign from God. Now listen, keeping your peace doesn't exempt you from life's difficulties. I'm not saying that. It just allows God to have the last word. Amen? It allows God to have the last word. By trusting Him completely, you are no longer at the mercy of circumstances. You're no longer at the mercy of other people. You're no longer at the mercy of your own emotions and your own limitations. But you're in God's hands and you're in His mercy. Someone once stated in times like these, it's helpful to remember that there have always been times like these. That's right, remember. In times like these, it's helpful to remember that there have always been times like these the question is not will trouble come but the question is how will we handle it how will we handle it the Apostle says in Hebrews 4 and 3 for we have all for we who have believed do enter in to that rest We can enter into that rest to recognize and know, even though we might be surrounded with difficulties and uncertainties, that we can rest in the loving arms of God who has everything in control. You see, when things go wrong, do what God leads you to do. Then rest in Him and watch Him work on your behalf. Amen? As you stand and the musicians make their way, I close with this passage from Romans. And we know that all things work together for the good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to His purpose. The last stanza of that song says, I don't know about tomorrow, it may bring me poverty. But the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. And the path that is my portion may be through the flame or flood, but His presence goes before me and I am covered with His blood. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. Let's worship.
1: Towards me, your loving Amen. kindness. kindness towards a me, towards
0: me. Your, God. Tender God. your tender mercy. I see, give me a give me a I
1: see, Amen. Day Lord, you're the author of our peace. Lord, you're the author of our
0: Lord, I ask you right now, we have a sister Jones, Lord, that you were just envelop her right now, Lord, present her, give her a comfort, Lord, in this time, Lord, just assure her that you have it all in control, and Lord, you help her, Lord, take this uneasiness and this uncertainty over this incident,
1: and Lord, replace it with your tender peace. Can do that. I know you can do that. You've done it for me so many times. And I know you've done it on Sister Jonathan's account many times in the past. Right now, in the authority of your word, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'll just give her that peace and that assurance right now. Take away the uneasiness,
0: the uncertainty, the nervousness of God, replace it with calm and assurance in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
1: Forever faithful, trust me, always oh, provide me. Here, I'm forget, I'm please, please. for Just me, be. great is your mercy. Lord Jesus,
0: right now we come to you and we know it, sister, according to your word.
1: Lord, I know you're the healer, I know you can heal the sister. Oh, just by like your spoken word. And according to your
0: word, we amore you with oil and pray the prayer of faith. Asking you now and believing in you to touch her up, lift her up, make her completely whole to And from the top of her head to the soul
1: of her feet. And we'll give you the praise and thanks, Lord, in Jesus' name. Our chatter of our In Jesus' name. Day after day. we That's me your tender.
0: How many know that his grace is great? We thank you again this morning for being here. We invite you back Wednesday evening for Bible study right here at 7.30 p.m. Invite someone to come out and share in the word of the Lord. You'll be blessed. They'll be blessed. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. We love and appreciate you so very much. Brother Burrell, if you'll dismiss us in prayer at the conclusion, you're dismissed in the name of the Lord.